You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad to have you today. So today's podcast features a ministry that the Lord has been developing at Carterville recently. We're extremely proud of it, and I can't wait for you to hear a little bit more about what God has been up to. My guest on the podcast today is Ken Stewart. Ken's been worshiping at Carterville for a long time. He's a blessing to a lot of us and has served in lots of ways. This year, he's come on board the deacon body, but today's podcast features ministry that God's doing with Ken in disaster relief. So, Ken Stewart, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Ben. Good to be with you this evening. Man, I'm I'm glad to have you. Thanks for uh, making time to record today. So let's let's get this kicked off a little bit with just, I guess, kind of a background question. Why disaster relief ministry? So I've seen Carterville respond to lots of disasters. You know, as a student minister, when Katrina came through, we were putting up tarps and chainsawing trees. You know, both tornadoes, the church responded the best that we could uh, to the to the disaster. But this is different. I mean, you have uh, you've begun to formalize a ministry. We've got a team, official team through the church. Ken, how did this start for you? Why did how did God lead you uh, to to get together a disaster relief team? Well, Ben, I guess if you wind the clock back many many years ago to Katrina, you know, I was on the receiving end of of a hurricane where people delivered supplies to the little town of Deritter where we were living at the time. And a month prior to that, we had been doing similar things, uh, collecting stuff and carrying stuff over and helping people cut trees out of their yards and repair their roofs. So unofficially, I had that's probably the first time I really got started into something like that. But over the years, uh, on an informal basis, on a personal level, uh, I had worked with Samaritan's Purse. Um, then when uh, Laura and, and the other storm hit southwest Louisiana last year, uh, got very, very involved because it hit DeRitter where we had lived for many years. And uh, having been members at First Baptist and DeRitter, we had some church family there that was like family to us. So it was very personal. I also know, uh, as you shared, that Carterville has just been a, a very kind, caring and generous church uh, to respond to tornadoes and hurricanes and other things over the years. And it was always, you know, on an informal, uh, reactive basis. And after Laura, I, I had the opportunity to link up with a team from Temple and learn a little bit about what they were doing. And they'd been at this for 16 years and had a formal team. So, you know, God laid it on my heart to say, why can't we do something similar? We may not have quite the resources that they have to bring to the table, but we sure have the, the, the hearts and the minds and, and the souls of the people that were willing and capable of doing something like that. So the, the conversation started w- with you, uh, you know, sometimes in the late fall of last year. And then this spring, uh, you know, f- following some further conversations between you and I and the uh, MAC uh, committee, we decided that, uh, you know, that this was a, a, a new ministry that we wanted to take on at Carterville. I'm just really excited about it. And uh, we did get, 38 people through some training in the month of June this year. 
So that's a little bit of the history and how we got to where we are today. Yeah. So, so when you say you trained, you got, you know, 38 people through training. I mean, that little background there, that's the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board for the state, their disaster relief leadership provided local training and and you took 38 folks from Carterville for, for what, uh, chainsaw training and tarp out and chaplaincy. What all, what all did you guys get trained in? Yeah, you, you've named three of them. The other one was food preparation. We had a small group that also participated in that training. Yeah. But yeah. by and yeah. large, I, I would say about 80% of our tra- people that participated uh, was in the chainsaw tarping type training. Uh, that's where they felt, you know, their greatest uh, contributions could be made. So really, if my memory serves me correctly, some of the development of this team, I would say, came out of your Sunday school group. Like you're, you've been a part of a very stable, very healthy Sunday school class that, uh, you know, the Causeys and uh, the Reynolds and the Baileys have, you know, coordinated y'all's group for years. Ron, Ron and Renee McLean are leading that small group this year. But um, when you asked for help last year, I think I think somebody, if I remember correctly, your Sunday school group came together pretty strong. Hey, absolutely, absolutely, Ben. You couldn't have asked for a, a much more supportive uh, group of men and and ladies to to rise up to the request for help. It was well, it's just, just awesome that you got it work. It's neat to me to see you know this ministry being extended through the church family, and also just to recognize that it came it came out of life together in a small group. So I'm proud of that. Excited for what you guys did. Well, so you guys went and got trained, but another big part of the story to me is, you know, as y'all were being trained before it was even announced to the church, while this ministry was still just kind of an idea that was being developed uh, and you were first bringing on some collaborators to help you plan, there was uh, somebody in the church family that felt moved by God to purchase and donate a trailer for you guys. And so we have a phenomenal disaster relief trailer that is, that is capable of being used by the Lord. Really, Tell me a little bit about that trailer, Ken. I mean, is that how, what, what is it? Tell the church, what is it? And, and how's it being used? I know they had the chance to see it in the parking lot, you know, when, it, when we first got it, but uh, refresh our memory on that. Yeah. We, when we first started having conversations with uh, both uh, Samaritan's Purse and Mississippi Baptist uh, Foundation's disaster relief, you know, there were two alternatives. One was Samaritan's Purse, but there was some contractual commitments and some things that with us being relatively new, we felt that was a bit aggressive to try to jump into immediately. But we were advised uh, by MBF that if you were going to do this, you probably needed a, a 14 to 16 foot enclosed trailer. Uh, so we we were having conversations about that and talking about how we would go about raising money to try to find a trailer and trailers were in pretty short supply and, and being God answers prayers for us. Um, I was, uh, out of, you know, town on vacation, actually not, not on vacation with my daughter on a, a competition in Virginia and got a call over the weekend while we were traveling that someone wanted to buy us a trailer. And not only did they buy us a trailer, they wanted to pay to have nice graphics put on the side of it so that when it was out on the road, people could see who it was that was responding to meet the needs of people, you know, in a time of crisis uh, following some natural disaster. And so we were blessed with a 16-foot enclosed trailer with some pretty nice-looking graphics on the side that, you know, identifies it as Carterville Baptist Church disaster response. It has... uh, 
you know, contact information and it features the nine diamonds that, you know, that whole nine ways to follow Jesus. And we wanted to make sure that we incorporated that into this ministry when we we respond to people. And one of those is, you know, service to people. And we feel like we're definitely fulfilling one of those diamonds, one of those nine diamonds with this ministry. That's awesome. Ken, tell me a little bit about what's happened lately. Uh, we all watched the news, and we've got plenty of friends in Louisiana, so we we know that Hurricane Ida, um, you know, she caused a lot of problems. But you guys have already begun to respond to that. Tell me, tell me about the Ida response, if you can. Yeah, initially, uh, you know, this one was a difficult storm because I didn't have the personal contacts that I had at DeRitter that called me the morning after saying, "Hey, we need help." Here, we had to actually reach out and try to establish those contacts. Um, And uh, I don't know how it came about, but someone contacted you guys at the church, uh, uh, Brother Glenn Robinson at First Baptist in Covington, for the uh, chainsaw type work. And then we had uh, Pine Belt Baptist Association that published uh, information that they were going to collect supplies. So instead of going it alone there, we actually partnered with them and offered that trailer to them to carry supplies into the Covington Mandible area. Uh, However, we had a high class problem the day we got ready to load. We had way more materials and and stuff collected (laughs) than we could put in that trailer. So they ended up having to get a rental truck. And unfortunately our trailer didn't get used uh, because we had too much stuff. So yeah. um, but on the chainsaw front, um, the team that, tra- that trained with that, we've had nine guys that have responded to, to three, three trips thus far. In the very first days following the storm, um, there was a request from New Orleans Baptist Seminary uh, for help to come clean up their campus. That's my alma mater, by the way. So uh, yeah. thanks for going. And uh, so they called us and uh, – we, you know, had had a lot of uh, conversations and have basically been mentored, I guess, is the way I would, uh, the word I would use to describe our relationship with Temple Baptist out in West Hattiesburg, uh, who've got a, they've got a long running team that's been on the ground for 16 years, a lot of knowledge and experience. And I just can't say enough about how they've kind of taken us under their wings, uh, wanting to partner with us and, you know, really giving us support and encouragement advice, you know, sharing the mistakes they made along the way. Uh, they, they've just been great. So we immediately, as our first call, it's like, wow, you know, here's our first call. So I put out a, a call for help and got a response from several guys and started talking to the seminary. And they had basically uh, the information we shared was large trees down, three to four days worth of work. And I began to have you know, doubts about whether we were capable of that by ourselves. So I immediately reached out to Temple and we partnered with Temple. And on the Thursday following the storm, we had a team of 11 guys and one lady that went down to New Orleans Baptist Seminary. And those 11 guys with two tractors, we cleaned that campus up in one day. Wow. It was a a long, hard day. And I really applaud the guys that went along their their efforts. That's awesome. Hot, hot, hard work. But as we were getting over into the afternoon, uh, Dr. Jim Parker was showing us around. He said, I've got just a few more jobs. And we all looked at him and said, you know what? We can finish those today. We don't have to make a trip back tomorrow. So both teams agreed. And we stayed with it until about 6 o'clock that evening. And uh, 
completed what we had been told was three to four days in, in one long day with with two guys, two teams of 11 guys and two tractors and That's one lady awesome. who was looking after us, you know, taking care of us for hydration and supplies yeah. and things like that. So Man, that, great response. That's there. fantastic. And then you guys have made two trips to the Covington area. That is correct. Uh, Thursday and, and Friday of uh, last week. I mean, I'm sorry about that. Friday and Saturday of last week, we went to the Covington area. Uh, and those were individual assignments to help homeowners. And uh, we actually separated out and went on our own because we all started getting, basically it's like a work order when you show up at the site where the Mississippi Baptist is, de- is deployed. They give you a, a three or four jobs each morning to, to go out and do. So it's kind of hard to stay partnered, especially when both teams had a tractor and both teams had saws and materials to, to go do That's these right. jobs. Yeah. We went out on our own both days. And day one, uh, we had three jobs that weren't all that complicated. Man, we we thought we were somebody. We knocked out three jobs and we're back over at uh, First Baptist about 3.30 or 4 o'clock saying, y'all didn't give us enough work. And uh, second day uh, showed up and they gave us three more jobs. Well, on the second day, we completed one job by four o'clock and we showed up and said, well, you know, we were a little bit <laughs> joking about yesterday's time. Y'all gave us a, a serious job to get started on. We didn't complete but one today and we have to turn the other two back in. Two that's awesome. Yeah. But, well, uh, just a, I know how, there. that's awesome. Well, I'm proud of you guys. So um, also, I, I know we had a group of college students uh, that Landon Adams, the BSU director over at William Carey. He's a Carterville guy. He took some college students um, early in. I think they served through Samaritan's Purse, but I'm really proud to have, you know, Carterville leadership getting folks down there engaged. Absolutely. It's good. It's good to see the way that, that this is working. Kent, tell me a story. I mean, I, I bet you've got a story from the deployment to help people understand kind of the impact. But can you share, as we wrap up, kind of briefly, just a two-minute version of one one story that you've brought home from the Ida response. Yeah, one that really comes to mind and, and and it really drives home. This is not so much about removing trees off of people's houses and out of their yards, but it's about the human contacts that you make and spreading the message mm-hmm. and talking to people. Uh, the second, the first day down when we had just the three jobs, we went to our second job for the day and it was a, a, a just a precious lady, had to be in her mid to upper 70s, lives alone, widower, Children nowhere close by, you know, just not able to to really do anything ourselves and didn't have a lot of resources uh, to to address her issues. And it wasn't an overly uh, complicated job, but we were working there in the yard and uh, cleaning up. We had a limb on her roof and some stuff in the yard, big limbs. But we were working in her yard and her neighbor came to visit. Uh, not really sure what his motivation was. I think it was more to check on her to find out who we were, what we were doing, and that we weren't taking advantage of her. Right. Because his first question when he came up was, you know, who are you guys and how much are y'all charging her? And uh, my, so I don't remember if it was John or Gavin <laughs> or one of the guys that was with us that day. There's like, well, let us get the leader of our team over here. They handed, <laughs> him, handed him over to me. And, but it's this conversation that unfolded. Uh, as I approached him, you know, how much are you charging? And ironically, the lady's name was Jean, uh, Jane Prey. How are you, how much are you charging Miss Prey? I said, nothing, sir. And he said, you mean you got all this equipment out here 
and y'all weren't charging her anything to do this? He said, no, sir. And he said, how do you pay for all this if you don't charge? And Ben, if I've ever had God put words in my mouth, it was at that moment. Wow. I looked at him and I said, Jesus paid for it all when he died on the cross. And the guy looked at me kind of funny and paused and he thought about it for a moment. He said, you know what? I agree with you. But still, where do you get the funds to pay for all this equipment and the fuel and the fact that you guys have traveled from Mississippi? And I said, sir, it's because when Jesus died on the cross, there are people that believe in him. There are people who care for others. They have compassion for others. And I happen to be a member at a very uh, caring and compassionate church. Everything that you see out here is because somebody has a kind, generous, compassionate heart. The gas for these saws, the saws, the tractor, the men that are working today, everything you see is donated out of the goodness of somebody's heart. And that guy, I think he was just stunned that, you know, there's five guys and a tractor and you know chainsaws and we've driven from Hattiesburg Mississippi and we're doing this for a 70 plus year old woman and not charging her anything wow that's awesome Ken, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing I'm, number one I'm so proud to have you representing us in backyards where people are uh are asking questions like that you're the guy Ken this is I really appreciate you sharing that it's time to wrap up this episode uh let me ask you this if any of our podcast listeners are able to help uh, with Ida response, tell me tell me what their first step would be. Uh, if somebody says, "All right, I listened to the podcast," the next time a team goes, "Hey, I want to go. I'm off this week. I'm home. I've got some time." Uh, can can they go? What, what do they do? Yeah, uh, what we would like to do is because Mississippi Baptist does have a little different model than Samaritan's Purse. And we're leveraging them pretty hard to do some things differently to be able to engage people. But what we will, we will do and are willing to do is take non, they call it credentialed or trained volunteers. We are willing to take non-trained volunteers with us and we will take non-trained volunteers with us. Um, so contact, you can either, the easiest would be to contact me. Uh, there's 38 okay. other trained and credentialed people, but having a single point of contact, me, call me, email me, or contact you and the staff. All of you guys know how to get a hold of me and, and just let me know if you're willing and wanting to do this. Um, so probably the easiest, the easiest way for me to open that door is if you, you can call the office or you can just email us. And uh, I'm going to encourage you just to use an email that we use every Sunday, decision at cbcpedal.org. And just this decision is I've decided I want to help I want to help with the uh, ID response. Ken, we'll take anybody that signs up that way and we'll get you their contact information uh, so that you can help them know about the opportunities to serve and find out if, if one of the deployments works for them. Does that sound, does that sound like that would work? Absolutely, Brother Ben, because, you, you know, I, I've had nine guys already that's responded, some of them multiple times. Would love to have some, some people who have been through the training uh, to, to join us this next weekend. I do have a few fresh faces that are coming in to join us. But this the, the success of this is really hinging on people that care enough to serve others in a time of need. Okay. And if somebody has that caring heart for somebody that's struggling, you know, through a, the aftermath of a storm and you want to help out, we'll find a way 
to, to engage you and help, let yeah, you do help you us. know do you know yet when your teams are going for example do you know what days of the week there there are already folks planning to go what i do know is next week Temple is deploying on Tuesday and Thursday. However, Temple has specifically requested our trained volunteers. Uh, we are planning right now to go back on Saturday, the 25th. Uh, so that's the next opportunity that I'll be able to get off and take a team down. It'll be an all day, no overnight or anything. So if anybody would be willing to go on Saturday, the 25th, I do have, I think, at least four people. What What I will say is, I don't think we ever want to deploy a team with less than four. If we get more than four, that's great. We may even put two teams on different job sites, right. cutting and, and, and cleaning and working. Uh, you know, we can find work. Uh, Mississippi Baptist, when we, were, when we left last Saturday, had over 600 applications. And when I checked their website today, they've shut their website down because they have more applications and they know that they will be able to fulfill the, uh, the right. request. Gotcha. So the need well, is there. The need is there. And so there will be future opportunities for people to get trained. If, and I encourage our church family to take advantage of those when they're announced. But for now, if you're ready to go, if you're one of those 38 trained folks, we can deploy you uh, with the temple teams next week on Tuesday and Thursday. And on Saturday, the 25th, we could take almost anybody in the church that is of age and willing to go serve. So if, uh, if I heard that correctly, Ken, if I didn't correct me, my, is that right? We'll, we'll figure out a way to, to get them plugged in. Excellent. Hey, Ken, I love you. Thank you for your heart. Thanks for serving. Thanks for following Jesus. Church family, as you listen to this episode of the podcast, I hope that you are encouraged and blessed. If there's a way that you can serve in disaster relief, I hope you'll do that. Thanks for being a part of our church family. Thanks for helping us make this possible. Let's all be faithful to Jesus. Thanks a lot, Ken. Thank you, Brother Ben. Appreciate you.